0: Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do here, my second podcast actually. My main one, Mod Chat, is where I come on and it's a little more structured, and there's more of a visual component to it. And I talk about new things that I find interesting, cool, that I want to share in the world of video game modding and video game console modding. However, this is my second podcast where it is not really structured for the most part. It is kind of just just off the cuff, off the wall type stuff here. I do it once a month. Sometimes I have a guest on, sometimes I don't. And I or we just talk about whatever the hell I or we want to. Uh, Now, this is going to be a a solo episode. Uh, I was, you know... My bad on here. I'm I'm just going to take responsibility on it, you know. Uh, I was hoping to get a guest on this month. Haven't reached out to a guest. I'm going to be honest. Been a little bit of a busy month here. So that's the nice thing with this podcast as well, too. I can kind of like change it up here and there. And if I say, hey, I only have like one hour to record right now, I can do that. Less coordination, uh, but I'm going to try and get someone next month, I I can assure you all of that. Uh, Either way, we do have a few topics here that we're going to discuss, but oh, well, this intro is all over the place. If you're actually looking for this podcast anywhere, not sure how you're going to be consuming it, but most people do look for the video visual version, which is not too much going on here, just a cool looking visualizer, at least I think it's cool looking with my channel art, and you can find it on the Mr. Mario Twin Eleven YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey channels. Or, if you're wanting to take this around and listen to it wherever the hell you want to in an audio-only fashion, like an actual podcast, you can look up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting app, host, provider, or platform. You should hopefully be able to find it. It's not available on all of them, but it's available on most of them. So really pick your poison in that regard. Uh, Before that here, I do have a few topics that I was wanting to cover here, Uh, and just, you know, just some fun stuff, maybe a little bit of serious stuff, not all too sure, but we'll just go ahead and hop right into this here. with one of the first ones here being uh, a little bit of something from my personal life in regards to this. Um, so a few years ago, um, if you've been following this series for a bit, this is probably about two and a half years ago at this point. Uh, we're on episode 70 now at this point, my lord, but about two and a half years ago, uh, I ended up helping with some neighborhood cats in my area, and I was learning a whole lot about it. In short, I had found uh Four kittens, I want to say, in one of my window wells, and I was looking into how to save them, what can be done, and all that, and started looking into TNR, which is trap, neuter, return, uh, where essentially a lot of these feral cats, uh, they are too old to really, you can't just like take them and bring them to a shelter and leave them there, uh, unless they are very specific age, like they're young enough to. Um, how do I say, they're they're old enough that they don't need to rely on their mom for milk, but they are young enough that they can still be socialized, but that is a very small window of time, but like an adult feral cat, uh, shelters aren't going to take them, uh, just because, I mean, you as a person, you can slowly work with them, but shelters just don't have time for that, unfortunately, which is also understandable, uh, so there's a lot of places where um, it's really just volunteer efforts, and I had gotten in contact with some really awesome people, and uh, Actually, we were able to work together to work on cat trapping and it was just a process of getting these cats working with local spcas getting them neutered for uh, i would probably say at cost they would do real affordably like 20 25 then bring them back and return them here uh, because it was better to be in their habitat they were familiar with as opposed to moving them elsewhere and then when you neuter them they don't have they're not going to multiply and turn into a giant cat colony everywhere uh So that's what's going on. So I got acquainted with several people in my neighborhood and one of them was a neighbor of mine who uh, she absolutely loves cats. I actually got acquainted with her because she was helping to feed some of the local cats. Then we started doing that. Um, And overall, we became pretty good friends. Uh, At one point within the last year or so, there's been a cat that she has befriended who i think start off as a kitten and this cat is feral uh she loves the cat enough where she says oh he's not feral he's owned no he's not illegally he's not owned he is not chipped none of that stuff uh but the thing is he is feral but he is very social but social with her like she can pet him she can handle him he will jump on her lap and stuff she hangs out with him uh she can also at one point um she had a little setup for him in her basement and he was living there for maybe like a week or two and now he's back out I, i'm i'm not sure what the deal is but the thing is uh this most feral cats you see they're incredibly skinny because they're just they're just foraging for food constantly all the time and they're constantly running this one is not skinny he's not skinny anymore at least because you see Uh, He doesn't do the running part. Uh, He essentially, even though he is outside, he kind of has access to two buffets. He is eating the food that she provides, but he is also foraging for food. So eating like birds and squirrels and all of that uh, whenever he wants to, whenever he's not feeling too lazy. But instead of running around all over the place, he kind of just stays on her property. And that's about it. And he's got like a couple little like outdoor cat house setups that he just like chills in and sleeps and he waits for her to wake up and he hangs out all around there. Uh, So what I'm saying is his his food intake is probably higher than most feral cats I've seen. But his activity level is incredibly low and he's he's gotten better, thankfully. But it was like earlier this year, I noticed I'm like he got really big. He, he is not even a year old at this point, and he got big. And I accidentally – I said this on Twitter. I'm not calling it by its new name. It's still Twitter to me, right? I had said on Twitter that I accidentally ended up starting beef with a 70-year-old neighbor because I called their cat fat. Uh, we were talking at one point, and I had said this cat's fat, and she got very serious. She's like, no, 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 he's, he's not fat. I said, no, he He's fat. I've seen him like even when you had get togethers, even when there's stuff going on, even when I talk to other people, they all say, oh, you're talking about that big cat, that huge cat, that 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 big cat. Like everyone, just, no one describes him as small. And she was saying, well, no, 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 he's not fat. Like, he's he's not as big as my house cats. To which I said, well, your house cats are going to be big too because they're not moving around a whole bunch and they're eating a ton of food. Uh, so it got to the point, you know, I could tell that she was a little bit upset by it. But I continued to walk my dog. And later on, it, it was it was so serious, y'all. It, it was so serious that she ended up messaging me about it later. And she asked me, do you really think that cat is fat? <laughs> and I said, yeah, he looks big to me. And she said, that was probably his winter coat he's just fluffy because see he can he can go through these things if he stretches out because I get to see him every day and I was kind of saying well when you see him every day you don't see the big differences but when I see him once every few weeks I see he goes from from big to lord have mercy essentially um (laughs) and granted it had been several weeks since I'd seen him prior so it got to the point not only that but she had tried to send me photos of him and they would not attach properly because she's a little old school with this as well, too. Like, she's got a desktop computer, which I'm fully supportive of. I'm not enough people have desktops. They're just doing the iPad and Chromebook thing and just you have a desktop on hand, man. So she has a desktop. She has one of those old school, like, point-and-shoot digital cameras. So she takes the photos on there. She pulls out the SD card. She puts it on her computer. She doesn't use her, like, smartphone for, uh, for photos and all that. Uh, even I think she does have a smartphone. But all she does is she she strictly just keeps it in her car. So if she needs to call people while she's out of the house, she can do that. When she's in the house, she uses a landline. So she's she's very old school with that to a point where like I admire that. I, I think that's great because I'm someone who I'm stuck on my smartphone a whole lot. And how many people are doom scrolling? You listening might be doom scrolling while you're listening to this. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just saying it's it's more common than you would expect. Either way, on all of this, uh, she tried to attach photos to the messages she was sending me then got annoyed that she couldn't send photos so she said that she printed out photos of this cat so that she could show me and prove to me later on that he was not fat to which i said okay cool next time i see you sure the next day i end up seeing her i'm walking my dog and uh she's just like aha hey i got this and i'm like you you know yep okay show me the photos but uh you know, I'm going to stand corrected. I think we can come to my compromise here. I don't think he's fat. I think he's big. Because I did see him this morning, and he's dropped a whole lot of pounds. Uh, but I did show some previous photos from, like, earlier this year. And she was trying to say, no, that was just his winter coat. That's just winter coat. That's fine. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't think the winter coat hangs out at the belly region and just, like, drags and nearly touches the grass. You know what I mean? And it was, like, it, it was not, like, long grass either. It was short grass. So what I'm saying is – um. That's, that's the beef that I started with my neighbor on accident uh, with calling her cat fat. You might, you might want to do that. You might not want to. It depends on what kind of person you are. <laughs> uh, speaking of other bad things, I suppose, uh, Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch does not seem to be great. I haven't really followed Mortal Kombat in years, uh, and I'm sure people saw the meme-worthy Video clips and photos and just the news articles of just how ghastly and how bad Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch was. Uh, And it was so bad that my my girlfriend, she has a Switch Lite. And she ended up getting the game because she just wanted to see just how bad it was. Uh, But she hadn't played it at this point. like She got it installed and everything. We actually went over to a mutual friend's place. Uh, He is good at fighters. He's actually been playing a whole lot of Mortal Kombat 1 on PS5 And I was like, dude, do you want to try this out? Like, please, I think it'd be great if we see it played by someone who actually knows the game. And he was like, yeah, sure. I would love to see it. So first of all, you know, it's bad when if you get the cartridge for the switch, right, you end up downloading a 32 gigabyte update, which I know some people will say, oh, God, the game is huge on PS5. It's like 100. It's over 100 gigabytes on there. But for the switch, a 32 gig update is huge. Apparently, it's because not only there's fixes, although there's still a whole lot broken on there, but on the Switch, um, most of the game is in the update. If you get a physical copy of it, which I believe, I'm pretty sure they're selling this for $70, which is equally insulting as well, too. $70 USD, they're not selling this for $60. It's $70 on the Switch. Um, I believe only the Versus mode is available on the cartridge, so if you get it physically, you have to immediately download a 32 gigabyte patch, which ends up containing most of the game. It's not even really a patch. You're just downloading the rest of the game itself on there. Uh, then playing through the game, I don't know if anyone else has experienced it, so I'm going to describe it to you, all right? When you boot up the game, it stays at a black screen for an abnormally long amount of time to the point where you might think that the game ended up crashing. Then there's a robotic voice that ends up saying the name of the game and starts naming off like the languages and menu options because right off the bat, and it's just so jarring. But right off the bat, they had the disability options enabled for uh, like screen reading on there. So then one of the first options that you can do is keep that enabled or you can disable it. But it kind of just sets the tone for the rest of the game. <laughs> so then you end up doing that. You can then go into the game itself. And I'm not even really like harping on how the game looks, right? But the most offensive thing about it is when I was seeing my friend play it, he was not great at the game. Not because he's not good at Mortal Kombat 1, but because the performance on there is not good. And I don't know all too much about fighters. I used to be really into them, like, during the PS1, PS2 games when I was a kid, in this, like, elementary school era. So, uh, as into them as I could be at that point. You know, just, like, kind of playground into them. Like, talking about them there, going home, playing them, coming to school the next day, talking about them. That's how it was. The thing with fighting games is that the frame rate has to be solid. If the game is targeting 60 frames per second, you have to stay at 60. Not this like 55, 52, 58. It has to stay at 60. Uh, we're not digital Foundry, so we didn't have software to analyze video captures on there and see what was going on. But we could clearly see, clearly see that when my friend was just trying to play the game like a normal fighter... The frame rate just would not stay stable. And it was so unstable to the point where he was dropping combos. He was messing up moves because of this. And even just to double check this, at one point I had then put it on my Switch. And I had a friend of mine who he is more into Smash and Street Fighter. He ended up trying it on my Switch. And the same thing happened with that. Uh, I have like a regular Switch, of course, or I guess OLED here. Uh, I had it in docked mode and uh, exact same thing, exact same thing. It's not like it's any better when you end up docking it. So the performance on there was just egregiously offensive in that regard. Then we were having all these laughs about it because uh, my first friend, he was playing as Johnny Cage. That's the main character that he's really maining and mastering on that. And it was just not only facial animations were all messed up, but then even there's like some uh, fatalities he has where, for example, he ends up like taking the opponent and he smashes them into the camera. And the laser lens ends up like not laser, but the the lens for the camera ends up like cracking and the, the textures weren't fully loading in on that. Uh, the it was. The cracks that were supposed to be on screen were super pixelated and like LODs on there even though it was up close and personal, and then you wait a few seconds and they load in. Even at one point after my friend was playing for a few minutes, he said, oh, you know, the the performance seems to be better on here now. I think maybe it just needed, like, a few minutes. And I said, maybe it had to cache stuff in the background. I'm not sure. Then, no, it ends up tanking again. The reason why it was better for a brief minute or so was because he was just on a stage that had less going on. But as soon as him and the opponent end up moving to, like, the area of the stage that had more going on in the background that's when the frame rate started to bring up issues again it it's rough it's really rough uh, in fact i even made a comment at one point where i was like this is this is offensive like this is playing like a pre-release version of the game and i think my girlfriend like half heard it and she asked me like wait is this a pre-release of it and i just bust out laughing i'm like no it's not it's not this is the full retail version this is the version That is it's on sale like you didn't get it from like you didn't down like download a dev update or something It's not like this was accidentally pushed onto the production network Like you ended up in the game and you put it on and you installed the update and this is This is the full game right here. This is what people are paying for. This is what's on sale It's not a pre-release version of it. If it was a pre-release version, I would understand but it's not it was so offensive. It's probably the worst, like, specifically Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch might be the worst gaming experience I've seen and gotten to experience in 2023. It's so bad. It is, it is so bad. <laughs> this one might not be as bad, I guess. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the new PlayStation 5 that was announced as going to be coming out and it's essentially going to be the PS5 slim. Now, this is what I had been kind of joking around with and been waiting on because the PS5 is such a odd shape and it is so large and it was interesting what Sony did here. So, if we're going with USD right here, like US dollar prices, A standard PlayStation 5, like I should say the digital PlayStation 5, is $400. That means it doesn't have a disk drive on there. The disk-based version of the PS5, which most people have, is going to be $500. So you end up paying $100 more, like $400 versus $500. You pay $100 more for the ability to load up physical disks on there, uh, which is what I have. That's what most people have, all of that. Uh, It looks like they're kind of, sort of, well, they're going to have two SKUs, but they're essentially going with one model. And not only the system is going to be about 30% smaller, it seems to be, uh, I'm also not too much of a fan of how it looks. In all honesty, I think the original PS5 does look better than the PS5 Slim. Uh, But also, the disc-based version of the PS5 is still going to remain the same. So when you get the PS5 Slim, I have no doubt this is going to effectively replace the original PS5. So you're going to have the OG PS5 and the PS5 Slim. Uh, the disc-based version is going to be the same price. So, the OG disc version is 500 bucks. The slim disc version is going to be 500 bucks. But the odd thing is, the the digital version, the digital-only version, is actually going up in price. Uh, the digital-only version of the PS4, the OG one, is $400, as I said. Uh, the PS5 slim all-digital edition is going to be $450, And it seems really odd that you would suspect that there. Uh, But the reason being, it seems, is that they're doing something that seems to be a bit unique on this. Uh, Even though there's going to be two different SKUs for this here, it's really going to be one model of the PlayStation 5. So that's where I'm seeing that they are streamlining production there, which is really cool to see. But essentially, the disk drive is going to be removable at this point in the slim version. So... The, the PS5 console, the, the hardware itself, is going to remain the same across the both of them. However, if you want to get a disk drive... Uh, Like, if you get the the disc-based version of it, it's going to have the disc drive already attached to it, it seems. Or you're probably going to have to attach it yourself, which doesn't seem difficult at all. Um, If you can replace a faceplate on the PS5, you should be able to mount and unmount the the Blu-ray drive on there. Uh, Or if you get the slim PS5 without a disc drive, it's just not going to have a disc drive on there. But the form factor and everything is still going to remain the same on that. Uh, Or if you are someone where you end up getting the all digital version of the PS5 Slim for $450 and then later on you decide you do want the disc drive, they are going to be selling it separately for $80 it seems. So if you decide to defer that purchase and make it later on, it looks like they're going to be charging you a $30 tax on that. It's definitely an interesting approach on there. Uh, One thing I am hoping for is I'm really hoping and it looks like it physically mounts onto the PS5 Slim. But I'm hoping there would be something that will be officially released where you could connect this up through USB Type-C to the original PlayStation 5. uh, Just because, not for the disc-based version, but for any original PS5 owners who have the digital-only version... Uh, give them an opportunity to get one of these drives separately and hook it up to their original digital-only PS5, so they can run discs on there. Um, I wanted to be optimistic about that, I, because of how proprietary the connections it seems, and how the nature of this is, where it is, it physically mounts, like it physically mounts, where you like take off the side and you physically connect this to the console itself. You don't just use a cable or something i do have doubts on that uh i hope that changes not necessarily the flush like connection and everything on there i'm just talking about the ability to actually like use this on the older original generation i would love for that to be a possibility uh but no no it um whatever works works on here we'll see with the ps5 slim but it's just interesting because i've I've never seen it like that before uh But at the same time, like I said, I understand why they are doing it. Uh, You know, it's hard to think, but it's been three, almost, almost three years since the PS5 has been released. I know we don't really think about it like that because there's still not too many like killer apps that you have to get a PS5 to play on. Uh, On top of that, the first, like it released in 2020. And you ought to remember that 2020, of course, that's when like the biggest of COVID was really hitting. So time was kind of meaningless at that point. And then PS5s were nearly impossible to find for well over a year. So for most people, they're just like, oh, the PS5's only been out for like a year and a half, two years. No, no, it, it, is, it is coming up on three years of the PlayStation 5 being out. Uh, so it makes sense that now they're going to be refining it. They're going to be streamlining production uh, and building out one, one system. They don't have to do two separate systems anymore. They just build one system. And then some of the systems, they include a DVD or a blu-ray drive attachment and the other ones, they don't, uh, that's going to help for manufacturing. So yeah, that's, uh, my thoughts on it here. Not necessarily for me. I don't plan to get one of these slims here. Uh, I'm perfectly happy with my OG model, Uh, But my only wish on that is I wish that since Sony is going to be selling the Blu-ray drive separately, if they can somehow interface it to work on the original digital-only PlayStation 5s, that would be super awesome. And I'm sure there would be owners who would appreciate it. And if possible, uh, I would definitely buy one of those and give it to one of my best friends as a present because... He is the only person I know who has a digital-only PS5. Well, actually, okay, I know two people who have digital-only PS5s. Uh, He is the only person I would buy one for is what I'm saying. (laughs) So this is a story, I guess not story, but maybe a discussion point that I've had on here for a bit that I've wanted to talk about for probably months and months at this point here. And I guess I'm talking about here regret selling old consoles and if anybody has any they want to share in the comments feel free to on there but it's just something that i've noticed uh i do know there's going to be times where people go through phases of you know gaming not gaming uh selling stuff what have you uh keeping a whole lot collecting not collecting uh everyone's going to be a little different on there but i've always been the person there's been there's been plenty of systems that i've sold for sure Uh, but typically for example, like let's say the original Xbox, right? I have several original Xbox systems. If I had to part with them, uh, I would, you know, I would still want to make sure I had one on hand, but I would sell the others that I had. I I don't want to not have an original Xbox. Uh, so I, but I am more of a collector and I do like to have systems. I do like to have access to them. And because of the modding aspect of it as well too, I also like to have different editions, different models. They're going to do different things, what have you. Uh, it is, it is not unexpected for me. Sometimes I'm making a video about something odd for an older system, where for that video, I'm pulling out three, four different models of the system to try out, to do different things, to record different behaviors, whatever it might be. Uh, There's been several videos I've had to do that on. So uh, for specifically what I do, and I am in a very small minority of people, um, it does help having those, and I'm able to rationalize it there. Either way, I'm talking about, let's say you have like one GameCube that you grew up with, and then you end up selling it. You trade it in to get the Wii at the time. Uh, it seems like almost everyone I talk to, they end up having regrets about it from young to old. Uh, I remember this was last year I had gone to a game shop and I met a older gentleman. He was probably in his 50s, I want to say. Real cool dude, 50s, maybe even early 60s. And he was buying up a bunch of games because he was collecting and he was a bit of a hardcore collector. And he said... Um, he was essentially the, the person where he's loved video games all his life. But at this point, uh, you know, it's just him and his wife in the house. Uh, he's getting back into gaming. Uh, his kids are off and married or they're in college or what have you. And he said, the, you know, one of his regrets he had was back in the 90s. Uh, he ended up taking, I want to say it was like the late 90s. He ended up taking uh, his Super Nintendo, his Genesis, maybe a few other systems, complete in box. He took all of the games, all the games he had. He had a lot. All the more complete in box, great condition. Took them all to Salvation Army, donated them. I don't even think he got a receipt for them. Uh, and he said, you know, he really regrets that. And I was like, you know, I mean, think about it, man. Like, those games, those systems, they, they end up making people happy. That's the thing you can think about. But I also understand that now... Um, you're you're wanting to rebuy a lot of that because his goal is he's trying to rebuy it and the thing is he's also a little particular on condition so the stuff he's like yeah dude all the stuff i had it was complete in box and it was worthless at the time but it was complete in box and it was in excellent condition and now it's like there's so many times like i can buy certain games i see them but they're not in great shape or they're not complete or what have you and i don't want to pay all these really high prices for them and i just said like dude, I mean, but that's how it was at the time, like, you gave that stuff away to the Salvation Army, because, like, it it was worthless at that point, like, in the late 90s, yeah, most of it is worthless, I understand, uh, so that was one thing, you know, he regretted in that regard, I know there's been a few systems that I have parted ways with, and then eventually I end up, you know, getting another system to replace it, so I've never had that much of a regret there, but I have also talked with friends who, have had that for sure. I know uh, one of my best, best friends. It was actually the first time I ever got a modded PS2. This is back in high school. Uh, And I ended up sharing this in a video before. But uh, back in high school, this was for me 2010, 2011, I want to say. It was around then. Uh, So the PS2, completely worthless at that point, right? Just totally worthless. And my friend was just trying to sell some of his older stuff so that he could um get get some tickets to go to a uh, a theme park that was it uh him and some others they were going to make a day trip and they were going to go to a theme park and you know just have fun there so he just needed like tens of dollars and he got annoyed because he couldn't sell his ps2 to a local shop because it was opened and i'm like wait a minute that's the one that your uncle modded for you right and he said yeah and I'm like why would you sell that and he said i don't i don't use it anymore man i don't need it and i was like i'll buy it from you it's a mod chipped ps2 how much do you want? And he thought about it, he's like, "Uh, it's PS2, it still works, it's a fat system, uh, PS1 games don't really work on it, or they kind of do, uh, but I have like a bunch of games, I have like three controllers, three memory cards, like extensions and all that, uh, 20 bucks, and I'm like, done. So one day he brought it over after work. I paid him $20. I got this box just full of PS2 goodness. Uh, And, of course, like all the games he had gotten, they were from his uncle. They were all burned and everything. Uh, But I hooked it up. It worked. I actually ended up finishing Kingdom Hearts 2 on that PS2. I picked it up after years. Uh, And then at one point, you know, I brought it over to another place. And it kind of just sat there for a bit. And it was a few years later. He ended up reaching out to me, and we, we were still, it wasn't just because of this, right? We, we were still best friends, and we talked regularly. But he essentially said, hey, uh, my girlfriend, his now wife, but he said my girlfriend's family, uh, they end up having you know, a house fire, and they end up uh, losing some systems. So I was going to give them my Wii, and they also had a PS2, and I was going to replace it. And I wanted to know, do you still have that PS2 that I sold you? And I said, yeah. He asked, how much do you want for it? And I'm like dude, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to make a profit off you, man. Like you, I, you sold to me for 20 bucks. He said, yeah, I was like, just give me 20 bucks back. How about that? We'll just call it even. It was just, I, I, I just held it for you for years. How that? So he said, okay. And uh, one night they came over and cause I said, Hey, I got it. It's at this other place. I just got to get the box, but I got everything and I'll bring it right back to you. And I don't even think I touched his saves. I don't know why, but like it, it was, it, it was in a box and, I had all the accessories, the controllers, everything. If anything, I end up adding a few games to it because I had like Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix and maybe like one other game there. Uh, but what happened was, so it was. In, what I'm saying is, it was in it was in better shape going back to him than it was when I got it. Uh, but one night they came over, and he was like, "Hey, here's the 20." I said, "Cool, here's the PS2." And he looks at the box, and you could just see like a flashback. He's like, "Oh my God, yo, I remember this. Like, this was." like he, he told me like a family story about how they got like the box that it was in. It wasn't even a PS two box. It was just like a shipping box that had a lot of like, you know, sentimental value. And I said, yeah, man, I, I didn't get rid of anything. Go ahead. Look through it. So he puts it on my bed and he starts going through. He's like, Oh my God, this is my PS two. Oh, this is it. This is it. Oh, I remember all of this. And he just has this giant smile on his face. And he's just like, he's like tearing up right there. Like literally he said, he's like, dude, this box is my childhood right here. And I was just smiling. I'm like, I'm telling you, man, I didn't get rid of anything like it it is all here. And he had a little bit of a look on his face like, wait, this isn't for me. And I, I could see a part of him wanted to just ask the girlfriend, be like, I want to keep this one. Let's just get them another PS2. But he was like, no, 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 it's, it's OK. No, it's it's, it's going to go to your family. And then the sad thing is, like, you know, they, it went there. They seem to enjoy it. But uh, I end up finding out recently. It was like a few months ago. I end up finding out because we're having our game night. And he told me that that PS2 is no more because all he knows is that the family, they threw it out because they said that it stopped working or that it broke. And that's all we know about it. And I asked him, like, okay, did, like, the laser stop working? Did it stop reading discs? And he said, I don't know. And I'm like, you know, if it broke, more than likely the laser stopped working, we could have fixed it, like, easily. And he said, yeah, I know, but they, by, by the time they told me, they didn't know, they didn't tell me what was wrong with it. They just said that they it broke and they threw it out. And I'm like, man, that's such a shame. That was a chipped PS2 right there. Um, But, yeah, it that was one of those things where I could tell there was a little bit of regret on that and, uh it was nice he got that back. It did, it did go to good use in that regard, though. But I've also tried to save a little bit of that as well, too. Uh, I know my younger brothers, uh, I'd gotten them several, all, all, pretty much... I think I got them all of their game consoles over the years Uh, and you know I did them up I modded them I customized them all that fun stuff Uh, but specifically probably the the one that I was most proud of was I have a Xbox 360 RJ tag system that I ended up doing up for them it was all like crazy like customized uh sonic the hedgehog themed uh where i had like custom sounds coming out of it did a custom paint job did a stencil on it with like the sonic team logo on it and they absolutely loved this thing it was even to the point like my parents were like just wowed at this thing from every factor of it they thought it was amazing uh but i told them i remember because they were like real real young at the time and i said guys don't ever sell this thing they're like what no we're not gonna sell it i'm like no don't ever sell it like there's gonna be a point You're probably going to outgrow it. You're going to think it's a little bit cringy and you're going to be like, Hey, I can sell this to a friend for 20 bucks. No, if you ever tire of this thing, tell me I'll pick it up. I'm going to keep it somewhere safe. And in my head, I never told them this, but essentially it was going to be, I'm just going to hold on to it because I know that eventually as they get older, they're going to get nostalgic about it. They're going to think about it. They're probably going to regret that, especially because it was such a customized system. And if it ever gets to that point, I'll be able to give it back to them because it's nothing for me to hold on to a 360 for them. Uh, but, you know, to, to my credit, I was actually incorrect. Uh, they have still stayed steadfast and, you know, saying, hey, this is uh th- this is like the coolest system ever. Uh, they don't play on it regularly now because, they, you know, they're on the newer systems. But occasionally they do go back to it. They like to mess with it, of course. There's a lot of nostalgia for them. And they're like, no, we will never sell this thing. Like, we're never going to get rid of it. Never, ever, ever. And that, that makes me happy. Uh, but like I said, I did bring that up there because uh, I didn't want them to have that regret of you know getting rid of one of those things and I guess I'm I'm really trying to think on that I think I think probably with the original Playstation maybe I talked about it last month where I said you know my childhood Playstation I ended up killing and then eventually had to throw away and that was all kind of sad to me so then I was just working to kind of reclaim that system you know and at one point uh, I did my first PS1 that I ended up successfully playing. My little brothers, they were interested in Final Fantasy. They wanted to play Final Fantasy 7 VII and 8. So I ended up giving it to them. I said, hey guys, look, uh, here is, you know, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8. Here's a couple controllers. Here's the hookups. Here's the console. This is how you hook it all up. Here's the memory cards. This is how you use it. And they thought it was cool. I mean, it was kind of old school for them, but they thought it was cool. But eventually, it was a few years later, they absolutely just surprised me. Like, they came to visit me and they said, Hey dude, here 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 you go. I'm like, "Wait, what is this?" They're like, "Oh, it's the PS1 you gave so we don't use it anymore." And I was so happy. I'm like, "What? Are you are you sure?" And they said, "Yeah, we don't use it anymore." I'm like, "Oh, this makes this makes me so happy, but I'm I'm very sentimental about things like that." Um so it was really cool to see that I was able to get that original like the first modded PS1 that I successfully modified. I was able to get that back. Um it's not like I ever regretted giving it away um because you know i could also always get another i could sneeze and i could get another ps1 like the droplets are going to hit a ps1 somewhere and i can claim that as mine and then i can chip it up and have fun with it but i guess there's sentimental value to me on that as well too so uh, kind of sort of you don't forget your first type thing but i guess let me know what you all think of like regret selling older consoles or what it might be because i i always see regret with that like, not like it's just absolutely life changing, but it's almost always like people are telling me about like a deal they made or a sale that they did or what have you. And it's kind of always a thing of, yeah, you know, I probably should have kept it, but I end up selling it. So that's kind of how it goes. Even last thing, my friend who, you know, I told you all about the PS2 uh recently he ended up because at one point like years ago he had a 360 fat and uh, i modded it up for him and then eventually he ended up selling it to a local friend um just to help him out you know it wasn't even like a profit or anything he was like hey here's a 360 controllers all my games and accessories like 30 bucks you know um he's just that kind of guy but he's kind of been interested he's always one-on-one and he kind of regretted that a bit so recently he ended up getting his dad's uh 360 slim uh and then i modded that one up for him and uh he needs to actually use it. I will say that uh, he has been wanting to upgrade the hard drive to SSD. And I've told him, dude, you haven't even booted up for more than five minutes. You don't need to be worrying about that right now. Just work with what you have right now. And when you start running out of storage, then you can work on the upgrade. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let me let me know if you've ever really had any regrets on that there. Usually on these solo episodes here, I like to share Uh, a story or two or maybe even three sometimes from my days working at a local game shop. Uh, Now, this game shop, we had two locations. It's no more, uh, but it was like a local mom-and-pop store, and it was my first, like, job job that I had. Uh, I had it in high school from ages, like, 16 to 18 at for about two and a half years or so. uh, Ended up stopping because I had gone off to college and such, but uh, what happened was uh, it was... It's a job I remember fondly, but I also disliked it at the same time because, I mean, it's a a retail job. It's a service job. And I actually even stopped playing video games, like dramatically played a lot less for so long just because I was surrounded by them all the time. Uh, Also, thinking back, that probably confirms that I was definitely more of an introvert because uh, I would just be tired of people. (laughs) But uh, what happened here? Typically, I'll pick like a story or two that I want to share. And you know what? I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna talk about one that's a little gross, right? I actually have a few that are gross, but let's just go with one. I'm maybe not try to make people vomit listening to this. So we did console repairs for a bit. Uh, we were taking in a lot of systems, and at first we had one person who was doing them, and he was kind of just doing like the uh, over, like the three, the, the PS3, like. Uh, overheating the system and replacing the X clamps with screws and washers and all those systems were coming back and he was saying no they weren't coming back and I'm like dude every single system you've worked on with the red ring issue has been coming back Uh, so then my boss of all people actually ended up starting taking control of Uh, Repairs. He was learning how to do it. He ended up getting a rework machine, was learning all this stuff. And even back then, you know, this is what we thought was best, but uh, now wasn't really the best. Uh, I don't think he was doing reballs, but he was doing reflows. Uh, So the systems were at least working for months, and it was a better Band-Aid, but still not really the best. Now we know so many years removed that if you're going to do BGA work like that, uh, you do not repair it. You don't repair a part like the, the CPU or GPU. You don't repair it. You replace it. Uh, repairing is like reballing or reflowing. No, no, no. You replace it with a new one. Once the chip is bad, it's bad. Uh, but either way, uh, we were doing a lot of 360s and PS3s, of course. Uh, and by the end, we were almost getting more PS3s and 360s because the PS3s were susceptible to a lot of the same issues that 360 had. The difference was they took years to uh, to show as opposed to the 360 where you could get consoles doa uh so there was one person i wasn't privy to this but i had i had heard this story <laughs> from what was going on i think my boss he ended up telling me this so there was one guy uh, he brought in a fat ps3 to get repaired and you know they end up taking it in and he said yeah cool you know we clean it out we're gonna repair it all that stuff and my boss said at one point when he decided to work on it he ended up taking it to the back room he undid the screws he lifted up the top and then immediately closed it. And there was one other worker, because my boss would be in the back doing the rework stuff. Uh, there was another guy who would do the front of house stuff, so all the sales and services and everything. And he grabs the guy. He says, hey, dude, um, close up for a little bit. Can you come to the back with me? We got we got to go around back. We got to go through the back door here for something. He's like, what? He says, I, I just need you to help me with this console, right? So they go outside, they they go to the back door, they exit the store, they put the PlayStation 3 down on the cement. They then open up the PlayStation 3, and roaches just come scurrying out of it. So then what they start doing is they start to just jump on and squish all the roaches that they can there. And then when they felt like they got most of them, they kind of shook out the dead body roaches and stuff, and then they brought it in. And then he was able to work with the rest of it, and he ended up cleaning it, and he ended up repairing it, and it was working properly. But what happened was, even though that was a successful fix, you know, he called up the guy, he said, hey, your system is complete, feel free to come in, it's going to be this much. The guy comes in later. And he says, you know, hey, this is this is great. The PS3 is working. Um, he ends up seeing the work. He says, oh, wow, you, you guys did a really good job with this here. Uh, thank you very much for it. You know, you, you all did such a good job. I got another one of these things at home that's broken. I might bring that back as well, too. And they were like, no, no, no. Do not bring another one back. <laughs> so they they did like a one and done type thing for him. But it was so dirty and so gross that they refused to service another system for this guy. <laughs> Um, I think the other one I'm going to talk about here ha- How about this It was at one point My boss ended up hiring a friend of his Who she didn't do video game stuff But she was learning And she was a hard worker And they had known each other for years And I'm not really sure what happened I, I don't know if there was just something going on Or if there was just a lot going on in her life Or what happened Because she was a sweet person Her and I we, we got along incredibly well Uh, But what happened was, you know, she came in just as a standard employee and she killed it. She was killing the job. She was impressing everyone. She was knocking everyone's socks off. And then not only because she was so good, but also probably because of some preferential treatment within like a month or two, he ended up making her a manager. Uh, The problem was by the time he ended up getting the business cards ordered and printed and they had delivered, he ended up pretty much stripping the role away from her because something happened and she just started doing a much worse job like it's not that she was being lazy about things but it was just the quality of work ended up really diminishing quite a bit um even to the point where you gotta realize this is back in like 2010 2011 like my boss would tell me he's like dude she messed this up like this happened here at one point She tried to brag to my boss about how she got such a good deal buying a used DualShock 2 from someone for $12. And not only that was definitely overpaying for it, but he was just like, girl, like the the, the analog sticks are messed up. The cable is frayed. You gave that guy such a good deal, but this is not a good deal for us. We can't do much with this here. Why did you pay $12 for this junk? This is worth like two. So just little things like that. Um... At one point, though, the thing that really caused a major rift was she ended up having some kind of, I think, shoulder or back pain. And she also said, like, you know, um, I I can handle pain pretty well. And also, like, medicine, like, I'm pretty, I can handle pretty high doses of medication. So she went to the doctor that morning before we opened. She went there. They ended up giving her some really good medicine. And even the doctor was like, hey, you might want to stay home for this. And she said, no, it's okay. So she ends up popping some medicine. She comes in, and I knew there was something up because uh, I think what happened was I came in. Like, she was working that morning. I started working the afternoon, and we were going to overlap. And I come in there, and she's high as a kite off of this medicine. (laughs) And the way she's talking, she's just talking really slowly with a lot of spacing between her words like this and just in a very calm, relaxed tone. And the problem is that she was talking like that in front of customers uh, during one of our busy days at our bigger and much more busy location. So I end up going there And I asked, hey, are you okay? And as the medicine was kicking in, it was getting worse. And she essentially told me, I'm going to say it much faster than her because we're going to go over our time limit if I don't. But she was essentially telling me what happened was, yeah, she went to the doctor for some, some muscle pain, and she ended up taking that medication, and she thought it wouldn't do much, but it seems to be doing a lot more than she expected. Then my boss, by chance, he just ended up coming in. And he saw the condition that she was in, and he pulled her to the side, and he's like, Hey, you got to go. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. He's like, no, 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 no. Um, you are in front of customers. You are seeing this. Uh, you are high. You need to go home. We'll talk about this later. But you need to go home because it looks like you're like two seconds away from passing out. I want to make sure you get home before you end up passing out on the counter here. And it was a good thing he did that because apparently she lived like 40 minutes away and she even told me later on that I guess he not he, I, I guess she ended up like there was like one or two times she almost fell asleep at the wheel and she had to like roll down the windows and she had to blast her music roll out. And then she got home and she was able to sleep. Uh, but that day was the first day I ended up really managing that big store by myself because my boss is like, look, dude, um, I'm sorry to put you on this. Can you do this? I can contact someone else. And I said, no, no, it's okay. Um, Because, you know, I was giving my all for that. You know, like your first job, you care a whole lot about. Also, I I love the team. I love the store. Just didn't like the general public for the most part. But what happened was we're going through all that. And he ended up saying, uh, yeah, you know, this is is going on here. Just I'm going to send her off. You manage the store. I'm sorry. I can't stay here. I'm just I'm so happy I dropped by. I wasn't even going to, but I'm happy I did. Um, We'll talk about this later. And that caused a major rift with them. And it was sad because they were sometimes you don't want to mix friendship with business uh, because eventually she ended up, you know, getting fired. And I don't think they were friends after that. Uh, But she had known him for so long that there was one day she was going there in the morning and she was like opening up the store. And it was going to be like I think that we opened up at like 10 and I was supposed to come in at like noon or one. And my boss calls me that morning. He's like, hey, dude. Um, I'm sorry to do this. I'm going to pay you for your time. Don't worry. Could you please go there on open? And I said, yeah, sure. What's going on? He said, uh, she is working. And after what happened before, I don't really trust her to manage the store by herself. Um, I would like you there if you could open up with her and I'll be there later. And I said, okay, cool. So I remember even that day, it was like the next day or a few days later, maybe I went there and. And she sees me. I'm waiting for her to open. She's like, Oh, I'm you're working this morning. I thought you come in later. I said, No, um, my my boss, like, he he just he called me and he asked if I can come in early. Because he also told me explicitly, he said, Don't don't tell her what I said. I'm like, Okay, cool. So, yeah, he just asked me if I could come in early. She's like, Oh, okay, sure. So we open up the store we're working, and she was kind of just we're we're talking, you know, we had a really good rapport. And at one point, she even told me, she's like, you know, I just, I feel so bad about it because I feel like I'm really letting him down and I've just, I've been screwing up here and there. And then I know he definitely did not like me coming in high, but like I, that was an accident. I didn't realize that was going to happen, but I feel bad about it. And I'm just going to be so honest with you, man. And it's nothing against you. I'm not saying this against you, but I feel like he is, he, he doesn't, he, him sending you here to open with me in the morning, he's having you watch me and he doesn't trust me. And in my, I didn't say it out loud, but in my head, I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's spot on. So even later on, I, I did talk to him about it, like my boss, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, what you did sending me there early? She knows you so well. She saw right through me and saw exactly what you were doing. Like she knew that you were, you did not trust her anymore, and you were sending me to pretty much keep an eye out and report on what was going on. So that was, that, that was a little bit of a, a disappointing thing there and I I haven't I haven't even thought of this employee this person um in such a long time um it's been years really um the only reason why I really thought of her here now was because I saw her name on this list of topics I brought up but I hope she's doing well um like I said that that summer she ended up being let go at one point I didn't see I didn't really have contact with her afterwards um but wherever she's at I hope she's doing better for the last thing here, I want to cover the games that I'm currently playing, and there's only a few right now. Uh, right now, I'm I'm kind of just in an odd spot. Like, I'm playing Saints Row Four uh, co-op with one of my best friends, actually the same one who I shared the PS2 story and the 360 story about. Uh, so I've been playing through that on Switch. Uh, we get together about once a week, and we either do that or Mario Party. Uh, I've also been replaying Murder by Numbers, also on the Switch, which is a fun kind of uh, visual novel funny number sudoku type puzzle game it's cool it's cool i i love it uh, i love the art style I love the story i love the basis behind it one of those games i would never expect to actually like and then i actually played it and i ended up loving it uh so definitely a good one incredibly unique and the last game i'm playing here uh like regularly which it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to anyone who's been listening the last few years. It's been Ring Fit Adventure, but I did want to share a little bit about this, right? I end up getting not a new Ring... Well, I got a new Ring Con, essentially, uh, because I've now finished Ring Fit Adventure. At this point, I've been playing it for... Jeez, I've been playing it regularly for almost... Let's say three and a half years, right? Uh, I've completed this game five times and it got to the point. I have played the game so much that I ended up bending the ring con. <laughs> like it is just so worn down that it is bent, and it's not that it's just bent. It is bent to the point where it is actually impacting gameplay. At the very beginning of Ring Fit Adventure, every time you boot it up, you have to squeeze in on the ring fit uh, or the ring con. Yeah, the ring con. That's it. You have to squeeze in on it, and you have to get to a hundred percent strength. Uh, Even if I try my hardest and really manipulate it, it was getting to the point the highest that I could go on it was 82%. And I realized later now that there's recalibration tools that you can run on it. But still, it's like it shouldn't be that squishable. And I was able to tell because I ended up getting a new ring con. And I could squeeze that one. And there was so much strength and pushback on it. And it was much more difficult to push in. Meanwhile, mine kind of felt like a pillow in comparison. And of course, it was also bent. <laughs> it was it was lopsided. It was no longer a ring anymore. It was kind of like oblong shaped slightly, uh, but it was to the point where it was causing difficulty playing the game. And there were many times, like especially like the flapping games, where you do like a um, abdominal kind of uh, not twist, but an abdominal push, where you have to like push the ring fit like towards your stomach. Uh, I and you're essentially flying in game. Uh, I couldn't do that successfully. Uh, there were several times I had to quit out of it because it just was not working properly. So I end up going to a local shop and I end up finding it. I think they end up selling me kind of the wrong thing there uh, just because the labels and everything. Uh, but I was able to get the ring con itself with the leg strap and they had a few other accessories for $30, uh, which is great because the entire kit, you can only buy it physically. You cannot get it digitally. You can't like buy the game digitally and then get the accessories separate. Uh, You have to get it all in one go, and I was like, I don't need another copy of the game, and I don't want to pay another $80 for it, even though it would be worth it, Uh, but if I can find the Ring Fit itself there, and it was an official Nintendo one, I didn't want to get a third-party one because the third-party ones kind of seem to be a bit lacking, Uh, based on a report I saw from uh, Wololo, like on Wololo.net, they end up uh, covering it once a few years ago, but I end up getting an official OEM one, and the leg strap, which I also really needed a new leg strap, uh, I end up getting those two for $30. So for me, so far, I don't go to the gym. All I do is I play Ring Fit and I walk my dog and I watch what I eat. Uh, but for now, being $110 excluding taxes, so let's say $120 bucks into Ring Fit, paying that and using it over the course of three and a half years, an incredibly awesome investment for my physical self. So That's been great. Uh, On top of that, I wasn't 100% sure what to do with the the old stuff. So it's funny because, like, I was really excited about it. And my girlfriend was with me when I got it. And then when I got back home, uh, I ended up comparing. And I was just like, hey, you might want to try these. And she tried, like, the new one I got, which was, like, really uh, gave a lot of resistance, right, as it should. And then she tried my old one. And it was much easier to push in. And she was like, you know, I've actually been wanting one of these. And she tried mine. she's like, oh oh wow okay this one I can handle you know what I'm, I'm just gonna keep this one I was like oh do you want the old leg strap yes so then that made me happy because I'm like oh okay this is great like it's still going to stay in and it's going to go to proper use and someone who actually use and appreciate it it's not just going to like sit around I don't have to get rid of it or what have you uh, so that's awesome so even my old accessories they're going to get new life breathed into them so that's real nice but uh, that's how I ended up defeating ring fit uh I've not only beat ring fit five times and I'm on a sixth plate right now uh but I have also beat the ring con <laughs> so this this is we're at the end at this point right uh if you are listening watching to the end I really want to thank you for hanging out listening watching enjoying this I hope it was entertaining I hope it was fun to uh just zone out to and you know just have me in your earbuds or whatever it might be or your airpods or your speaker system whatever it is i hope this was entertaining is what i was trying to say so what i like to do here at the end if you've made it all the way to the end again thank you but also um i like to pick a keyword or a key phrase uh and for this here you know i kind of want to tie it back to kind of like regret selling uh older systems so how about we end up using that one of those words um if you use the keyword regret. I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. So let's go ahead and go with that. Let's use regret. Uh, what do you regret? What might be a gaming regret? You have a sale regret. You have, uh, Maybe not get too in-depth with some of your regrets, mind you. You might want to be a little careful with that since it is the internet. But uh, if you use the word regret on that kind of negative tone there, it seems at the end here. If you use that word regret in your comment on the video upload, I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute. If you enjoyed it, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. But as I always say, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And until next month.